What's up, everyone? Welcome to Hometown Conversations. My name is Roman, and I'm joined by my incredibly talented co-host, Jill. Hello, everyone. This week, we are joined by my good friend, Brian Ludwies. Now, many of you have gotten to know the guy we call Ludo through his sense of humor and his incredible banter between he and Bo over at American Family Insurance. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. Now, it's funny because I have this little script here. And the first thing it says is smallish talk. <laughs> Definitely not bow related at all. So <laughs> I just kind of left that there as an inside joke. And then I just, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to say this on the podcast we because from inside to outside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So one of the things that we had, uh, um, that I thought was interesting uh, about having you on the show actually is you and I come from somewhat similar backgrounds in the fact that we both have worked with our families yes. and, that has some unique challenges, don't you think? Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> challenges. Uh, yeah. No, I, I'm very lucky. Yeah, yeah. both both my parents I've worked with. So, yeah, yeah I've, that's uh, not many an opportunity people have. So that's awesome. There's a lot of things that come with that, right? Yeah, and a lot of people I know work with their spouses um, or own businesses with their spouses, but I don't know a lot of people that work with their parents. So that is kind of a different take on it, and it's very cool. Yeah, I, I mean, it's what's the advantage is, um, you know, if there's an issue in the workplace, you can be about as blunt as stubbing your toe at 12 in the morning, yeah. you know, so <laughs> don't hold back anything. That goes both ways. So it does, it does. If, uh, you know, Pops, uh, I, I do something wrong, he lets me know. Yeah. I uh, I say that to my uh, dad too, or and I tell people that when my dad calls me up and he's got some questions, they're a little bit more intense than what anybody else has. And it's like, settle down, man. Come on, give me a, give me a nothing break. Back. Yep. They don't hold anything back. And I, of course, work with my sister, so that kind of raises the bar just a oh, little bit. Oh yeah, imagine. so we have, we have a great uh, you know great work environment, all that kind of stuff. But I like to tease her quite a bit. In fact. Uh, I think we talked, what was it, a couple weeks ago that I think one of the only reasons Sarah has an Android phone is because I have an iPhone. I'm like 99% sure of it. So I texted that to her the other night. I found a meme about it. So I texted it to her. She's like, this is actually accurate. So, <laughs> Did so, she agree with it? Yeah, That's she did. That's great. It's the only reason she has it. Cause I mean, she chose the right so. side. Let's face oh, it. Oh, come on. <laughs> come what? On. You didn't do know. more research before asking him on the show? No, no I, can, I, I looked over there at his phone and he's, he's holding on to an Android phone. So I knew right away. I was going to get the backlash, so it's kind of funny. So, so when we talked uh, initially to you about being on the podcast, the first thing you asked me is why, followed by a pretty hearty <laughs> laugh. <laughs> and what I what I told you then was the absolute truth. You're you're an incredibly smart and thoughtful person. Uh, you and I have had many conversations that actually have gone pretty deep. So I I, I kind of think that there's this whole other side of you that people really don't get a chance to see or hear. So I thought it would be great uh, to have you on and, and kind of do a deep dive. So are you ready for the deep dive by chance? You ready to get into this thing? I mean, I guess. I'm an okay swimmer. But, uh, you know, <laughs> the so, key things to relax. Yeah, so, so what we do is we have, uh, Jill and I have a series of questions. And what we'll yeah. do is, um, you know, I'll ask you one and then Jill will ask you one. And, and what we're going to do is, so I'll ask you the question, then Jill will... You'll answer, then Jill will answer, and then I'll answer. So we're all going to have a chance to have a conversation here. So, And uh, if there's anything that we want to go deeper on as we're talking about it, we're cool with that too. So um, this is between the three of us and nobody else is listening, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Nothing to worry about. (laughs) Nothing to uh, worry about. Yeah, just hopefully we don't dip into like quantum physics and string theory. Oh, I don't think we'll do that probably. I'm going to need the deck back. You're going to need the deck back then? Yeah, right. So I'll get started then. What would you do if you were not afraid? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, I'd take care of spiders in my house. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. that'd be a step one. Um, boy, you weren't kidding. You said this is deep. Yeah. This goes a little deeper than what uh, I mean, you're probably ready such for. An intricate part of our life. It's just integrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, fear is natural. It's, it's, it's real. Like, what, what do you... Wow, gosh! I don't <laughs> well, even you know. really let off. I've got a little bit of a lighter. I was one thinking for the of a warm up, but yeah, yeah, a warm up. That's Jill, a what, tough one. What would, what you would say, I Jill? do? You know, um, if you want to, that it, it really is like an incredibly difficult question. You think so? Well, what would you do? I think if I if I had the opportunity to do something and and I wasn't afraid, right? Um, I I get really scared of 
I don't even know if it's scared, but it's like nervous around high objects, right? So like when we were doing the VR thing the other day with with one of my sons, yep. it was like you went over the top and I, you know, you were screaming and stuff, so you were immersed in it, right? I feel like that's part part of it for me. I don't think I would ever jump out of an airplane because like why? That's like a serious like thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would ever do that. But I start looking at climbing mountains and stuff like that. I wouldn't want to scale on the side of it, but to be able to go up and kind of look over the edge and not be afraid. Yep. Um, that would be something that I'd like to, that, that's something that I would do if I wasn't afraid of it. Well, so that's where my brain went right away, right? And then I realized that sometimes fear is an a- absolute necessary part of our life. Like it keeps us from dying, right? Like jumping yeah. out of planes yeah, and stuff, Yeah, it's ideal right? to be afraid of going 115 miles an hour down, uh, you know, 15. Right. Um, right. You know. Well, like, so I, when you were talking, Roman, like, we're going tubing, next weekend with the boys and I went at Powder Ridge and I went last year and I went down once and I did not go again because the whole time I was going down I thought well this is how my son's mother is going to end up with a traumatic brain injured mom <laughs> right. or a paraplegic right. mom right yeah. and and so then I think well maybe I'd like to go down the hill until I talk to my sister who's a physician in St. Cloud just north of Kimball and she's like oh no you've kind of got every reason to be concerned like we see some stuff <laughs> and you know so then then I think bigger picture, right? And more sort of like, I've always thought my dream job would be to be a public speaker. Just get up in front of big groups of people. I'm not scared to speak in front of people. I could do it all day long, but to like step outside of my comfort zone of having like a job where I know what my paycheck is and it right. And to do, to take a bigger step and do something more risky. I wonder if that wouldn't be what I would do. Yeah. No, that's a good one actually. You know, it's fascinating you, you actually start to think about it, how much fear actually controls your life. Yeah. Between, if you think some of the most major decisions in your life, whether it be buying a house or engage, you know, getting engaged to somebody, mm-hmm. it is that fear that you overcome that takes that step. Um, obviously, ignoring that fear can sometimes lead to bad things. But, you know, I, I've never been on a plane. I've never flown in my life. Really? I don't travel. And, like... So, you know, if some say, I'll pay for you to go to Germany vacation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, tour the beaches, um, I would immediately be stressed. That just terrifies me. Yeah. Like, how many steps would be involved in getting there? The uh, Just lining up an Uber and yeah. making sure I'm at the right place, right time, and then getting to the right terminal, like, would just be terrifying to me. Um so it's interesting. You actually think about how much fear controls what we do. Oh, I, th- I think it's uh, pretty intense for everybody. Like, it almost feels like at some point, fear is something that we learn at a very, very young age. We do something, we're like, oh, no, nope, I'm not going to do that again. Spiders. 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 Um, you know, I, I think I, at one point in time when I was really young, I remember jumping off the roof of our garage. That didn't bother me. And land, I was landing in a you know, sand pit, that kind of stuff, like a, a sandbox mm-hmm. or whatever. That didn't bother me. But at some point, like I must have gotten high enough and been like, hey, you're kind of old now. If you hit the ground, that's really going to suck. <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't know what age that happens, but it definitely happens. 28. 28. 28 is like the good number right there. You're like not old, but yeah, not right, young either. Yeah, surgery, that was, that was the age. I'm like, well, that's over. Yeah. But. Yeah, right. All right, Jill. All right. What question would you ask a fortune teller? Mm, oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> this is heavy. That is, you would have to contemplate that for, you, you'd need to go to Qdoba and have a burrito and think on that. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think live in the space that this fortune teller somehow actually knows the answer, right? Like live in that yeah, space. Cause that's a hard space for me to live in. First of all, um, that, that someone can, can tell your future. Sorry to those of you out there who really, you know, but I, that I struggle with that, but assume the person has the answer. Uh, and now your my instinctive thought, um, initially popped into mind is mortality. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How much time do I have left? Or mm-hmm. how does it happen when, you know, and that's instantly what pops in my mind, but I don't know if I'd want to know. I know. Um, and that's kind of a bit of self selfish question yeah. too. I mean, if I, if, you know, I'd want to know something on a more grander scale, like, I don't know when's, I don't know. You don't want to get like lottery what, what's numbers. What's the date we should all just hide in <laughs> oh, our basement? Good idea. Like, you know, yeah. Oh, lottery numbers, that's pretty good. 
Yeah. Oh, I like the lottery numbers. That hadn't crossed my mind, but that was a good one. It's it's almost like, you know, if you had an opportunity, we talked about this before in, in larger groups, but if you had to go back and start, like knowing what you know now and where you end up today, would you go back and do it all over again? Oh. Because <laughs> there's, it, it gets kind of deep because like for me, if I had to go back and do it all over again, knowing what I know now, I think I would. I'm that guy that orders the same thing at any restaurant. If I find a dish I like, yeah, like yeah, a happy like pan, a country, country kitchen, it's the same meal every time I order. I do not deviate from something I like. I don't like change, which a lot of people could relate to. But uh, knowing I'm, I'm, an, I'm very happy with where I'm at now, mm-hmm. but like you'd be afraid to change anything and then that would... Yeah, like, well, and I think a- that right there is honestly the crux of the answer. If you're happy where you are right now, you almost have to say that you would do it all again because all that you did brought you right here. The good and the bad. Right? The good and the bad mm-hmm. is exactly what makes up who we are, where we are, why we are right now. And I think about that too. Like, yeah, but if I would have changed this one thing, this one tiny thing, would I be here? I might not. And I like right where I am. Mm-hmm. No, so, I, yeah, no, that makes sense. It makes yeah. a lot of sense, actually. What would you ask a fortune teller? I think, um, you know, I, I looked down that, <laughs> when are the Vikings ever going to win a Super Bowl? Seems <laughs> oh, like a yeah. softball question <laughs> for any sports fan. <laughs> right now, it ain't looking good, you know. And it comes back to, do you really want to know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> You're never watching another game. Yeah, well, I'll tune in and like, you know. Yeah. You're 3,000 when they might still be around. <laughs> you know, I I don't know that, uh, uh, and that could go down a whole other thing because Vikings fans as a whole, as a whole have really had their uh, their butt slapped quite a bit on this stuff. Like the Minneapolis, I had to introduce her to the Minneapolis Miracle so she knew what it was. I thought it was a and team like, at first. I'm like, no, it's like not. <laughs> this, is, this is the best thing that's ever happened to a Vikings fan ever. So... <laughs> It's the one time something went right for us and right. we didn't go wide left or something like that. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I think that's, that's, uh, that's where I'd go. Sure. Cause you know, the, the thinking about like winter, like mortality and stuff like that. I, I don't want to know. No. So what I would ask a fortune teller, I agree. It'd be tempting to know um, my mortality, mm-hmm. um, but I don't want to know. And for that reason, I want to know a couple of things about my son yeah. What is he going to be when he grows up? Is he going to have a family? Is he a kind person? Oh, like what? What is he like as a human? Because if I don't make it that far, I want to know. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it also could change the course of my parenting, right? If the fortune teller is like, as of today, if nothing changes, he's a jerk of epic proportions, and get your act together, mom. <laughs> right? Okay. Or he's yeah. a great person. He's a loving husband, spouse, partner, father. Right? I don't really care what he does for a living for status reasons, just curiosity reasons. Um, so I would want to know about him because I, I sure hope I make it that far. But in case I don't, I want to know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. All right. Now we're going to go down we're going to go down a, a somewhat of a rabbit hole, I think. And I've got these kind of laid out um in order, I think. But <laughs> what is it this is deep. So oh, what wow. is a defining moment in your life and how did it impact you? Mm. Oh my goodness. How do you put it on one thing? Yeah. Right. Um I'm going to flip that around on you. Yeah. I'm going to buy myself some time. You're going to buy yourself some time. What about you, Roman? Huh? I think uh, the most <laughs> defining moment in in my life uh, was when my oldest son was born, because that, that changes you from being uh, just uh, a, just another dude to being responsible for somebody else. So, And then when you add a, a second kid on that, then you go, oh, yeah, this is legit, right? Because it just changes everything. Now, all of a sudden, you're you're responsible for some somebody else in a way that... Uh, you know, you, you weren't before, Be, you know, before you took, you take chances on things when you're younger and you don't have kids. You're like, eh, whatever. Hmm. Let's see what happens. And, you know, you might, I might've taken uh, a few more chances in, you know, just in life in general, no matter what it is. Um, you take a few more chances there. And now once you have kids, now you're like, well, I'm going to be a little bit more protective of making sure that I, I stay alive kind of thing. And I'll tell you that in the first year after having uh, my oldest, I worried constantly about whether or not I was going to be alive in a year. 
Because mm-hmm. I didn't want him to grow up not knowing who I was. They don't put that in parenting books, and it is in- excessively common. Yeah. Someone should tell you how much you worry about dying when you have a child. <laughs> yeah. In the it, that first year was that first year was a little bit more, um, I would say, intense for me uh, because I was just kind of coming to terms with it. So then you then you back yourself up with making sure that should something happen, they're going to be taken care of, that kind of stuff. So it, it forces you to do some other things. Um, but that changed me in a whole different way because you're going to now you're going from being responsible for yourself and yeah, something happens, it's fine mm-hmm. to, uh, I don't really want to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, you, you, it's hard to pin it down to one, but it just one that keeps surfacing is honestly my decision to move back to Hutchinson hometown. Yeah. When you did know, you make that decision? Uh, boy, that would have been about six years ago. Okay. Um, yeah, it was tough, you know, um, my prior employer, I mean, we shed tears. It was tough. He was a friend. Um, but it was just, was, you know, it was in St. Cloud, and it just didn't feel like home. Nobody, yeah. weekends spent alone, and even with networking, I didn't, nobody cared to know your name. Yeah. There's so many people. Um, but yeah, it's just, that was the best, hardest decision. Fear came yeah. into play. I, I was terrified, and I was like, I'm not, I can't believe I'm doing this. But I've met just an amazing amount of people. My own, you know, girlfriend, like it, it's just life has been so good mm-hmm. that I moved back and I've built some relationships and it's like that right now, that's one of the most defining things I ever did. See, I think it's, I think that's interesting. Um, and I'm curious about Jill's uh, thoughts on this too, because Jill's lived in some bigger towns, but I've, I've found that when I've lived in bigger towns, it's incredibly hard to meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no sense of real community so to speak. I mean, you can get into a community, but it might be built off of the people that you work with, that kind of stuff. Whereas when you're in a smaller town, um, you know, I think what Hutchinson's, what, 14,000 people, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, The opportunities that exist to have a much bigger network of people and that are more interested in getting to know you too is much better in a smaller town than it is in a big town. I lived in Mankato for a while. Um, I also lived in Austin for a while and Austin was a little better than Mankato. Uh, but Mankato, you're just a speck. I mean, it, I just, I, and I tried, I, I, I like joined softball teams and stuff like that. And it, it just didn't, it just didn't work out. So, um, by like coming back, like coming to Hutchinson, obviously I'm from somewhere else, but like moving to Hutchinson, one of the things that I really noticed was that if, if you got involved and you, and you were participating in things, you could meet other people and your, your social network could grow pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Same experience for you, Jill, or I mean, as far as like people and community Yeah. on some level. And so when you talk about like life defining moments, there's a lot for me. Um, first thing that popped into my mind was transferring colleges. That was a big decision. I left halfway through my second year. I've severed and or changed um, a significant relationship in my life um, in the past, and that was a life-changing event for me uh, and very difficult. But where I was going to land, as you guys were talking, was I think the first time I moved away from Minnesota was in between college and undergrad, um, or undergrad and, and graduate school, and I moved to Chicago for a year, and that was very tricky. Um, I made friends, but there, I agree with you that I didn't feel a sense of community. I didn't feel... Um, I just didn't overall didn't feel like people were kind the way I was used to. Now I grew up in a town of a thousand people, seven very small towns combined to make my high school. And we were the biggest one, right? I mean, (laughs) Elbow Lake was the, you know, the population superstar of my high school, right? At a thousand (laughs) people. So that says anything. But then after graduate school, I moved to Denver and my experience was a little bit different. There is a sense out there. Um, and there's a lot of, they call them transplants. You know, there's not a lot of people that are born and raised there. You've got both. And, and the people were kinder, far more welcoming, um, really wanted you to be a part of their group, wanted like called you to hang out. I'm like, wow, Hmm. this is significantly different than Chicago. Um, now, it, I feel almost bad making blanket statements about the cities. It could have just been the handful of people I knew in Chicago oh, yeah, that's versus the handful of people I knew oh, in Denver. Sure, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. overall, the feel out there was just very 
relaxed, welcoming, kind. Um, but I like the size of Hutchinson. I feel yeah. like it's it, you've got opportunities, you've got options and choices, um, but it's not it's not a huge metropolitan area. Yeah. So. so I think uh, I think I've I know I've told Jill this before, but one of the things I've lived in several cities in Minnesota throughout the years, and I, I'm not going to name them all off because it, it gets to be kind of a longer list. But Hutchinson has been the place I've lived the longest, and I've been here. Oh, since 2002, I think, is when I finally moved here. Mm-hmm. So I've been here for a while, almost almost uh, well, a long time. I'm not going to do the math when I'm talking because, <laughs> you know, math is hard sometimes, especially when your <laughs> brain is thinking some other way. But uh, one of the things that I used to do is I would get on my bike and I would ride around the town that I was living in. And I would judge the town. This sounds really dumb, but I would judge the town based on whether or not people would wave back at you. Oh. So, like, you know, I'd go down and be like, hey, how's it going? And if somebody said, hey, how's it going back? decent town. Um, that was one of the things that really interested me a lot about Hutchinson. I, would, I had already moved here, that kind of stuff. So I was kind of connected to the town, but, um, here, um, Austin was pretty good about that. Redwood Falls is pretty good about that. There's some other towns that I was in. Fairmont was great for that too. I, I worked in Fairmont for about nine months. Um, and those places, um, were just super welcoming. Hmm. Um, then you get to other places and it wasn't so much. So, um, those that want to have a longer conversation, I will name names. <laughs> I will name that's names. That's the no. next podcast. Yeah, that's, that's, that's if you, if you wave to me on remote line, I'm running inside. Oh, yeah. I'm going to actively not wave anymore. Are you in, after, Brian? After we've all been hibernating for the last year, I mean, it, it's going to take a little bit of uh, it will, getting actually. used to the old yeah. social norms again. Yeah, it will. You know, you're, Definitely. You're going to walk up. You know, someone and they'll say hi and you're just, you know, staring blank in the face, just not saying a word. And, you know, it's just, you don't have to learn how to interact again. I'm going to have to know? learn how to smile at people underneath my mask. Cause I, <laughs> like, I, <laughs> doing the old eyes squint. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like. <laughs> just give just give the eyes squint as you're walking by and people are like oh, this is snarling at me for we're gonna have re- yeah just yeah it's oh man we've got healing to do yeah we do all right what is a risk that you're happy you took um yeah i mean that's uh kind of rounds back to to moving back to hutch um mm-hmm. Like I said, it just, you know, you guys and I, there's just so many people I've met. Um, and there there was a risk, you mm-hmm. know. I, I Working with Bo, that could have been horrible. I mean, it still kind of is. But no, he, he's, 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 been, uh, he's been kind to me. Um, you know, as, as much as I make fun of him for his height. Um, or lack thereof. And his, you know, overly long spiked hair. But, yeah, no, he's yeah. it's just... It it was absolute worth the risk, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I, I would have never met my girlfriend. It's just you, just all these different steps, like just would did have never you know Bo before you started working at American Family? Yeah, so um, I started American Family up in St. Cloud initially okay. after college. So when um, as the old rookie, as if I had questions, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, which is 90% of the time. Absolutely. You know, you call the old Hutchinson office and I, you know, call and talk to my parents or Bo mm-hmm. and help. What do I do? What What is going on? Where am I? What year is it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there's plenty of times Bo picked up the phone and, um, you know, and even through my parents, I've, I've met him a few times and then. You know, he kind of sat down. I wasn't even an interview, just kind of a, hey, how's it going type thing. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's, he's changed my life. He's yeah. He's been awesome. So, yeah. Very cool. I was, uh, that's similar to how Jill got hired at Woodstone. <laughs> we sat down, had a conversation. I didn't necessarily have a job available at the time, but I sat down, like, we just had like a conversation and it was Fantastic. It was probably one of the longer interviews I've done. And I don't think we really asked too many questions. I don't think questions. we even knew it was, either of us knew it was an interview. I was asked to reach out to you. I think yeah. you were like, why does this person want to meet with me? But I'll say yes, because that's how you are, yeah, right? right? You're friendly. And, and we sat down and talked and talked and talked at, at least an hour, if not more. Yep. Yep. So I think those are the best interviews, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool that that happened for you, too. Now, yeah. 
he didn't he didn't like ask to take a picture of you and put you on a sticker or anything then did he because no you know if i would have known the amount of photos he would take of me and you know all the goofy videos laughing you know it'd be like hey see you man i do have to say that those laughing with ludo videos when we were doing the dad jokes and for those that are listening we are going to get to some jokes here at the end so just hang tight with us but those were those were fun yeah Uh, that that was good um you know and, and uh you know um I, I I don't like being center of attention. I get a right. little uncomfortable video and stuff, yep. but I the whole premise with laughing with Ludo that I liked is especially with COVID um, and we want to do another season. Um, basically it just spreads some happiness laugh, yeah. you know, it, it's just, you, you, you see so much negativity and it, it gets exhausting and it's, we sometimes just forget to laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy, you know, read some jokes or something, but yeah, talk, call an old friend. But I think those were those were kind of fun, and I think that's what a lot of people have been looking forward to um, over the years here now too. It's just like I, I've I've laughed at you know, and I know you've you've told me this too. You don't really like being the center of attention, <laughs> so it's uncomfortable. And I'm like, how does it feel to like? Go from like an unknown, so to speak. I mean, people in town know who you are, but like now all of a sudden you like have people that might come up to you in the store and be like, like they know you because they've seen a video or they've seen a Laughing with Ludo episode. I've had people come and say, I know that guy. I'm like, oh, you met Ludo. I mean, not in person, but like I, I feel like well, I know him. It kind of helps. Well, you haven't helped the situation, but it helps when your face is plastered everywhere on stickers and shirts. But uh, I no, felt it, that way about yeah. you for the longest time. Like I would see you, and I like I would have to resist every urge to just come up to you and just start talking. And I'm like. Jill, he does not know you from Adam. <laughs> but you're like, hey, let's just be buddies. And then you're like, don't, you're going to scare the man. Yeah, like, you know. Well, yeah, you did terrify me. But no, it, it's good. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's fine. I, I, uh, I, I like making people laugh. You yeah. know, it just changes your mood instantly. And a smile's contagious. Yeah, it is. I mean, yep. if you start smiling around people, eventually they're going to smile. So. Then this jumps into my next question, which is perfect, because I think you oh, just no. answered it. What does this world need more of? The world needs more understanding that it's okay to be wrong. Oh, yeah, I like that. Like, it, man, I don't, I'm an average guy, but it's okay to be wrong. I wish I could just tell everybody that. You know, it's you, you have conflicting opinions and... And and that's okay, mm-hmm. you know. And I hate being wrong. Nobody likes being wrong, you know. Uh, especially the girlfriend. I'm wrong a lot, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's okay. Yeah, you learn. Yep. But it's a great answer. People plant their feet in, and they're so afraid to give ground that they're going to appear weak. And yeah. It's okay. It's it's fine, you know? <laughs> it's super normal to be yeah. wrong. I think all of right. us are wrong a lot. And to try to hide from that or claim that you're not, or like you said, just dig your feet in and continue to say a certain thing, even if, if you're wrong, just change it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest strengths you can have, actually, I think. Yeah. What do you think, Jill? What does the world need more of? Pugs. 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 <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I do like those little buggers. Um, they shed a lot and they're kind of wonk-eyed, but they're They're, they're a little wonky-eyed cute. and, yeah. Um, little bread loaves. I'm surprised you didn't wear that shirt with the dog on, with the dog on it because that would have been an excellent video shot. That would be great. I think the world needs more. I mean, we might have had this question in a previous podcast, mm-hmm. and I think, um, you know, Sometimes we we talk about these questions and you, you can change your answer from time to time, but kindness and understanding. Um, Definitely. Empathy. Yeah, right? I think empathy is very different than sympathy. And I think empathy is something that to be able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, whether you know them or not, and just say, you know what, I... Like, I can't, I can't say exactly how you feel, but I can imagine how you feel based on X, Y, and Z, and then just have a little more compassion for each other. Absolutely. Use a little more of that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where I was going to go with Society would change overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where I was going to go to is just a little bit more compassion and understanding of, of different situations because uh, situations are different for everybody. And I think, you know, there's a lot of uh, understanding, too, that when it comes into, like, you know, somebody that's i'm just going to use air quotes here and just say somebody's acting a certain way 
or they react to something a certain way. There's a lot of history that goes behind that, that we aren't always under, we don't always know or right. understand. So like having just a little bit more compassion to understand, and maybe it's a combination of the two of what both you guys said here, understanding, listening, taking that extra step so that we're all growing at the same time. I just, I, I hear a lot of narrative where people claim they want to make assumptions, assertions, and say things about things that they have never experienced. And it infuriates me. Mm-hmm. You, How can you say how someone else should feel or act or be when you have never experienced what they are going through? Mm-hmm. It is it is condescending. It is arrogant. It drives me crazy. And I just wish that if you didn't understand someone, if you didn't understand whatever that other person is going through, whether it's something as as hot topic as their race or their sexual orientation, or whether it's just something as simple as I've never had the job they have, or I right? Why do you have to say that you know how they feel and how they should act? Just say you don't know. Mm-hmm. And then stop there. And then yeah. allow that person to have the feelings and thoughts that they do. Yeah. Like, I mean, why, why do you have to tell other people how to think, feel, act, and behave? It's, yeah, it's the mark of an educated mind to entertain a thought without accepting it. Just yep. see it from different perspectives, you know. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I don't know. What, is the, what does the world need more of, Mr. Roman? Well, I, like, I, I, I keep coming back to that word compassion because I think there's just, we're, we're all dealing with stuff. And how do I, how do I say this? Without, you know, so what, I'm trying to say this in a way that doesn't like upset anybody, right? Because we're, we're all coming off of a year that can be interpreted however you want it to be interpreted. And for everybody that had went through this last, and I'll just say dumpster fire of a year, <laughs> um, there are other people who had the best years of their life mm-hmm. and don't look at it the same way I do. So I, I have a hard time, and that's what I mean by like compassion, understanding a little bit, is that everybody went through this last year and is coming out of it in a different way. Yeah, And it isn't, and it isn't a, a quick... You know, well, I had a great year, so you know, you need to get over it in a hurry. No, there's some people who aren't going to get over this in a hurry. Yeah, and it's a little bit of what Jill said is like under listening to the other side too, because some of that comes with experience, right? And and listening to other people. And I, I've always kind of thought that I'm a decent enough listener to at least have a conversation about the other side, right, mm-hmm. of whatever topic it is. Um, in, in this situation, I initially when I get that feedback back, you need to get over it. This was a great year for me. Um, move on. Like initially, I'm like, <laughs> there's a lot of dangerous words that are in my head that could come <laughs> flying out that would uh, not work so well. Um, and and I have to sit back and I have to just take a moment and think. Okay, this is they're coming from this side because okay, and you know it, there's a lot of things that went on this year for me. Uh, personally, and some other things that just changed how this year was going to be. Um, so I think there's there's just an un, there's just an understanding that we have to have that I think it's okay to listen to the other side. Mm-hmm. It's okay to um, at least we don't have to get so angry at stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like there's and this is where I think, man, I'm somebody who just loves social media, but I think there's a problem there. I can't, I just, I long for the days where we go back to, oh, somebody went to this thing or somebody, you know, had a bunch Mm -hmm. of friends there or whatever. And somewhat, we couldn't do that this year, of course. But like, it's such a toxic place to be right now sometimes. Um, I give Facebook a couple of scrolls and I got to get out of there. There's just too many things that are just... And I get it. Everyone's no. You're not going to change someone's opinion because you posted on Facebook. Let's just get past that right now. It's not happening. You're not changing anybody's mind. So don't. Let's just go back to doing the fun stuff. Let's go back and, to our pets and what we're eating for dinner and fun. our Share friendships. And, yeah, let's yeah. do that kind of stuff. That stuff is more fun to me, and and is really what embodies social media and and and, and kind of getting away from that. So I don't know. That's kind of where I go to when I have that question. Anyway, it's my turn. I think it's your turn. I think so. This yeah. is so much fun and bouncing back and forth. I don't. Yeah, know. it is your turn. I just looked at my card. All right. What is one of the kindest things someone has ever done for you? 
interesting. My uh, my first thought is Country Kitchen. Huh. I, I worked six years there as a okay. dishwasher. Okay, the context helped. Oh, context yeah, yeah. Helps, I'm like, I was, they I was made like, you a sandwich? Because, yeah, that is how yeah, good of them. I've had some great omelets there, so oh, I understand. I, yeah, it was my first job and uh, met a lot of good people there. But that's weird. First thing that popped in my mind, essentially, um, I was dishwasher, 16, and it was busy Sunday, packed, and... Uh, one of the waitresses came and grabbed me, and she said, hey, a huge favor to ask. The garbage broke out front, uh, the bag, and uh, all the coffee grounds and garbage. It was basically all, like, wet coffee grounds and drinks mix. It was a pretty gross mixture of stuff in there. And so we were so busy, I didn't have time to hesitate. So I, with my bare arm and hand, just started scooping up all this, you know, just gross garbage, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just, she needed help. I did it. And we had to just do it. It was gross, but I didn't care. Um, one of the uh, customers had actually seen what I did. And then um, I went back in the back, cleaned up and stuff. And then the waitress said, the gentleman wants to talk to you. And it came out and he's, you know, I don't remember the exact words many years ago, but he basically said, you know, hey, seeing how hard you're working and you're helping out, just want to say how much we appreciate you. And he gave me a twenty dollar bill, and I was making I don't know, minimum wage whatever at that time five fifty an hour. So that floored me. Mm. I was blown away. Mm-hmm. And that small act of kindness I remember after what seventeen years. Yeah, and I'll never forget that ever. Just Isn't yeah, it funny how we have those moments that just stick out like that. Well, yeah, that's and really that's cool. the first thing that popped in my mind. Of course, there's a lot of things I could have thought of, but it's just weird that my my mind went there. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I, I have something very similar to that, um, and we talked about it last week. Just somebody telling you how much they appreciate you yep. and encouraging you. No that boy, that goes a long yeah. ways. Kindness. It goes back to your point. Kindness. You, you, somebody can have the worst day ever, and you know whether you're getting grocery, checking out the grocery line, um, or they're just stopping by to pay a bill. Yeah, you know whatever it. it you don't know what they're going through. So just by a small act of kindness could be something or just listening to them. There's a lot of times that at work, we just listen to people and they get what's out on their mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, that may be all they need. Yeah. They just need a way to express yeah, whatever absolutely. feeling they're having. And that yeah. goes, it, it does go a long way. So yeah. that's where I go to on that answer. What about you, Jill? Oh, I, I, the first, like, like, the thing that popped into my head wasn't necessarily the kindest thing someone has done to me, but the kindest thing um, anyone has ever said to me when I was living in Colorado um, and I decided to move back to Minnesota and I was having like a farewell lunch with the people that I had worked with. And one of the gentlemen in the group, um, you know, he was kind of one of the, he was a dad, uh, his daughter was my age. So he was one of those that like just took you under his wing and taught you what he knew. He was a phenomenal individual and he toasted and he said to me, Jill, you are like the bubbles in champagne. And I thought, Oh, what a nice thing to say to somebody is hands down the best compliment I've ever gotten. As far as the kindest thing someone has ever done for me, the first thing that popped into my mind was, um, it, it, it isn't one specific thing, actually. It's it's a whole sort of way that this person is with me. Um, I have a relationship in my life right now, um, and this person just checks in with me, asks me how I am, tries to make my day better. If he can tell I'm not well, he will ask several times because I'm not one to give it up easily uh, when I'm not doing okay, and just overall is one of the kindest people I've ever met, and I couldn't be more thankful. Hmm. That's awesome. I don't know who that is. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> so there, you're up. <laughs> what was your, read your question again. Because I kind of answered it before, but I think it might have. Oh, a, what is the question I just had? What is one of yeah, the kindest things someone has ever done for you? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that I think that's where I fall. It's just, it, I had a couple of teachers reach out when I was younger and just really kind of followed up and said, hey, this is, this is where I see you. I don't see you doing this. Yeah. So... Having somebody that just follows up you, and you know, I will say the same thing too about um, thank you cards. Um, yeah, it's oh, yeah. it is amazing how far uh, a thank you card will go, or just something for, that somebody noticed and they sent you cards. Say, hey, 
I don't know if you've heard this, but I really liked what you did there. Thank you for doing that. Just that simple follow-up, that thank you, so that kind of stuff plays on, a large role. On that note, I have mm-hmm. made it a life mission of mine. We are not great at complimenting each other. We are not great at telling no. each other when we have done something well. However, we as as Americans or humans or whatever the right term is, are relatively good at telling each other when someone else has done something well. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, you know, well, you, you're just talking about everyday things and all this. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, that person did X, Y, and Z, and it was great. If someone tells me that, and I feel like it's something I can can share, I will make sure I tell that person, hey, I just want you to know so-and-so and I were chatting, and they think you are phenomenal. They think you handled this situation incredibly well. Because you, the expression you get from people when they find out that they were being like talked about and something positive was said. Yeah. It just, and I just make sure if, if I hear someone say something positive about someone that I know, and I feel like I can share it, I absolutely will not let that opportunity, opportunity pass me by. Good for you. It's not a common characteristic. It's easy to complain. And I've been there, you know, uh, it's, it's easy, but you kind of have to stop yourself and, if you think about all yeah. the things that we we're, we're trying to change the world here on this podcast, it feels like today. You know, there's a lot of things we that we've like said. We're halfway there. We're almost Only there. Come the best that people find the will to change. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are we going to sing today here? No. no, yeah. no. Okay. Well, if you want to, I can bring the music up. We can, we can do that. Okay. Here's, here's the last question I have yep. for you. In fact, I, I had two here, but I think, I feel like this one is, is I'm going to save that one for later and bring that up if we need it. So here's the question, and we might have to kind of go back and forth because you might need a moment to think about this. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. Yep. What have you witnessed that has strengthened your faith in humanity? Oh. I have one, so I can I can, yes, I can go. Jeez, Roman, your questions are like on a next level They're on today. a next level. See, I had a chance <laughs> to talk about this with the uh, Hutchinson Leadership Institute. I kind of talked about some of these cards that we're working through today and about yeah. like how these cards can take you to a next level when it comes to growth. Hmm. So when I think about this stuff, this is one I actually pulled yesterday. And when it comes to like, what have you witnessed that has strengthened your faith in humanity? It, it comes back to, and I, I talk about this way too much probably. I've had some people in my life that have gone through some really difficult stuff um, where they're worried about whether or not their, their child is going to live through something um, worried about this has happened with two friends of mine have had uh, kids be really sick or be injured really badly and to talk to them on the phone or in person and hear the worry in their voice in the, in the pain that they're going through to see the rest of the community rally around mm-hmm. those people uh, gets me a little emotional on a level that um, I'm not really prepared for sometimes. Um, and to see how that affects them, uh, mm-hmm. to know that somebody has their back. And um, that's happened twice in, in this town since I've moved here. And the two of them were very close together um, as far as like timeline goes. Um, just, so to see, to, to see the way that people cared about the kids in this town. And, you know, they're... It, it goes back a long ways and this happened before I moved here. And I know that there was a, there was a fire in this town and, and, and it, it uh, took the life of some children here and just hear the stories about how the, how the people in this town rally around like the people that matter, you know, the people that are going through this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm getting emotional talking about it because there's just the people here are just so good. Mm-hmm. They care about each other and, when it comes to the kids in this town, they really, really, really care. Absolutely. Um, so that's for me. That's that's what I've seen. When it talk about humanity, people really, they really give a crap about each other here, and they really want to make sure that the kids are taken care of. Yeah. So that's where I come from. Yeah. Just last week, you know, on a insured of ours, a seventeen-year-old kid just turned seventeen and um, backed into her car, or is kind of pulling out and. Caused some damage to her vehicle. And she got an estimate to see how much damage there was. And, you know, this, this kid had just just lost his job. You know, the economy's slowing down. Um, 
you know, he's let go and didn't have any money and super nice, um, but just didn't know how to pay for it. But, you know, in change ins- insurance, but ended up, uh, our insured just paid out of pocket for it and said, you know, pay it forward and uh, help this kid out. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it just seeing things like that um, really, it just makes your day. Yeah. You're like, man, that that's a class act right there. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Very much. What about you, Jill? You know, I'm really blessed in the, in the sense that I get to see it. Um, every day if I just take a minute and allow myself to see it right um with my job it's very easy to get all caught up in the day-to-day what needs to get done but if I just take a second and let my guard down and just watch what my what the staff at Woodstone is doing for the people that live there Mm -hmm. um and taking care of others and a lot of these a lot of a lot of my staff members have a lot of their own problems and stresses and worries outside of work but they come and they really do the best that they can and i'm just so proud of them all the time Mm -hmm. um you know you could work at you could work at mcdonald's and flip burgers and that's fine and you can work at target and and check people out and hang up clothes and that's fine there is nothing wrong with any of that but the people that work in my building come to make the lives of other people better every day because they can't do it Mm -hmm. on their own anymore and I just I just look at some of these people sometimes and and really like I said if I can get through all the clutter of the day and just let myself see it it's just acts of heroism every time I turn around in there so it's beautiful yeah do you have one more question or did you, did you hit all of them? I think I got all of them. Okay, you yeah. got all of them. Okay, well, that's good. Well, that wasn't so bad, though. Ludo, you survived that part of it. You ran the gauntlet and survived. So good on you. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I mean, those I, were pretty tough. It was. I mean, I, just. I do think that those are maybe some of the toughest questions we've ever asked. Quite honestly, that was that was a tough load right there. Nice work. You should get nice Bo work. on this podcast and uh, break up the quantum physics. We and, will. Uh, we will. Well, it takes quantum physics to get his hair to stand that tight. So, <laughs> 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 well, that was a nice lead-in into what it we're is. doing next. I was going to say. So seriously, though, that was a lot of fun, and, and we we really enjoyed that whole part of it. So that that was awesome, and and. You know, one of the things that, um, <laughs> before we go, so this is one of the things that we, we talked about, right? Um, we wanted to play a little game, and, and I know a lot of you guys know, you know, Ludo for his laugh and, and that kind of stuff, and, and he always makes me laugh. Apparently, I make him laugh, which is great. <laughs> so we decided that we thought we should tell a few jokes here at the end so that we can have a good laugh and kind of take that from a serious point where we were to something fun that we can end on. So each of us have prepared two jokes to tell. The object of this game, quote-unquote, is to make each other laugh. So we'll go around, uh, in a round, and alternate from there. So, Jill, you get the first oh, joke. Oh, I get to go first. You okay. are going first. Oh, no. See, that's a hard role to be in because you never really <laughs> laugh at the first one, right? But okay, I'll go first. So my friend keeps saying, cheer up, man. It could be worse. You could be stuck underground in a hole full of water. I know he means well. (laughs) (laughs) At first, with that pause, I'm like, what? That's not funny. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. All right. Mine are terrible. So, so, you know, it it snowed out here the other day, and I I, uh, forgot my my ice scraper, right? Mm-hmm. So I forgot. And then I, I came back in the office. I'm like, hey, can anybody give me some advice to help me from removing ice from my windshield? I just tried it, tried it with my discount card I had in my pocket. Only got 20% off. Hers was better, but that's it. I knew it. Oh, man. I don't know about these. These aren't, these aren't very good. Come I, on. Okay. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> okay, this one's okay. Why did the ant fall off the toilet seat? I don't know. Because he was pissed off. Ha 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 
<laughs> oh my god! To be in this room, I'm so hot right now. Oh my gosh, that, that was hilarious. <laughs> Did you guys know that milk is the fastest liquid on Earth? It's no. pasteurized before you can even see it. Come on. I know. I know. I don't know about that one. <laughs> oh, I can't see so- it. <laughs> so much water in my eyes right now. It's ridiculous. Oh, so today I'm starting a diarrhea awareness week. Runs through next Friday. <laughs> Oh, oh, well, you broke the ice on that one. <laughs> if we're going down that road, let's see what I got here. Oh, he's scrolling now. Okay, uh, where'd it go? Let's see here. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Um. All right. Did you know? hey get it together come on uh did you know scientists have discovered that diarrhea is hereditary it runs in your genes Just wrong, you guys. Just wrong. Oh man, I can't see. Oh, that felt good. Oh, I got one more though. Don't that I? was two. Just that was no. I got one more. I got one more. It. I don't think I've done mine. So yes, you did. Your first one was worse than. Mine, oh, that's remember? right. I got one more. I'm sorry. I'm going to do one more. So yesterday, one of my good friends told me I often make people uncomfortable by violating their personal space. It was a really hurtful thing to say and completely ruined our bath. <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> that one did nothing for me. Yes. <laughs> and with that. <laughs> oh, got Jack Nicholson over here laughing. Oh, God dang it. Oh, those that are so perfect. good. Those are so good. So, well, seriously, though, that was a lot of fun, and we really enjoyed having you on this week's podcast. So Thanks, thank man. you for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you. As always, thank you to all of our listeners for joining us again this week. For those who have reached out with story and guest ideas, please keep them coming. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to be on the podcast or have an idea for an episode, send us a note through Twitter or Facebook. To keep up to date on future podcasts, you can also follow us on the Facebook page, Hometown Conversations, or on Twitter at H-Town Convos. You can subscribe to our podcast on multiple streams, including Apple Podcasts, PodMN, and Spotify. Just search for Hometown Conversations. Again, Brian, thank you for joining us. We'll see you all back here in two weeks.